Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is Relentless Daring on Podbean.com. Welcome back to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is Relentless Daring live on Podbean.com and the Podbean app or on demand wherever you like to listen to your podcast. It could be Pandora. It could be Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, Apple, Google, iTunes, you name it, it's probably there. Unless I pissed them off earlier this week when I went on a tirade about Morgan Wallen, more of which I will get to in a bit. First of all, let's pay some bills. Ladies and gentlemen, now is the time of year where you see snowstorms and blizzards and all this crap begin to happen. And sometimes if you're not paying attention to the weather, it just comes out of the blue. And next thing you know, you're trapped after an ice storm for two weeks with no electricity. You have no food supplies because you can't get out of the driveway. What do you do? Well, if you were smart, you prepared in advance and you bought emergency food storage and you got it at My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is a leader in food st- in food storage. Just Overall emergency supplies, first aid kits, stuff to go in your car for just such crazy emergencies. Um, the Alexa Pure water filtration systems, all of this you can get at My Patriot Supply. Still haven't got that landing page set up. So if you want to go check it out, go to the link in the show notes or you can go to relentlessstaring.com and click on one of the uh one of the banner ads there. It'll take you so they can track it. And let you know, let them know that you heard it here with me on this silly show. All right. So where to begin? Oh my God, this wor- this day has been absolutely nuts with everything going on and this week's news. Um, you know, the John Weaver story came out this, you know, well, it came out last week, but then it came out earlier this week that Carl Rove knew about John Weaver and his his propensities towards teenage boys for t- 32 freaking years. Well, I, I know it, it's not lined up in the, uh, the, the about section, but I'm going to read this. Um, I, when it, when this broke, I was so just utterly just like, taken aback that I couldn't even couldn't even. And so that night I got home, I just started typing because I knew there was no way this was going to wait until today. And this turned into an op-ed piece that I have submitted to places for publication. Will it get published? 
maybe i don't know um my contact at where i sent it to says it it sounds like they're interested and it looks good but we will find out but i'm going to share with you my dearly devoted listeners my op-ed called the rove weaver predicament silence in the face of evil is evil itself god will not hold us guiltless not to speak is to speak not to act is to act these are the words of lutheran minister dietrich bonhoeffer bonhoeffer was an outspoken critic of hitler's genocide of the jews whose dissonance landed him in prison. He was hanged as a traitor, having been found guilty for being a part of the Operation Valkyrie attempt on Hitler's life. But what do those words of a great Christian philosopher have to do with Lincoln Project co-founder John Weaver? Quite a lot, as it turns out. They also have a lot to say about our culture. First, we do have to start with Mr. Weaver. Lately, allegations have arisen that he was grooming young men. These allegations resulted in him being forced to depart from the Never Trump Lincoln Project. Well, that's sort of a whitewashing. I mean, we've seen Christian pastors, pro-family Republican senators, California Democrat congresswomen all fall from grace due to same-sex liaisons. John Weaver is specifically accused, 21 times, of harassing and sending explicit pictures of himself to minors with the offer of helping them get into politics. One of these accusers was 14 at the time of the alleged harassment. This is really where the story begins. Not with the presumed pederast trying to lure boys and young men with hopes of making it big in Republican politics to his bed, but rather with the complicity of the GOP power brokers who let it happen. Recently, Republican kingmaker of Republican kingmakers, Karl Rove made the shocking admission that he has known about this behavior since 1988. Unless my math is wrong, and it rarely is, and presuming he didn't know until the summer or fall of 88, Karl Rove has known about a pattern of predatory behavior for 32 years. 32 years that John Weaver has been able to parlay his access to connections to try to exchange for sexual favors from teen boys. And he did nothing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tyler, I, I, you're saying this right now. So slow your roll. Carl Rove told The Atlantic about it in 2014 or 2004. Excuse me. Yes, he did push. Yes, but did he push the issue when he was accused of spreading a salacious rumor? No. See, at the time, it, it was viewed as the same way Harry Reid making the basis claim that Mitt Romney didn't pay taxes for 10 years when he'd said that in 2012. This is a cheap political tactic and effective. The accusation leveled by Rove all but exiled renowned GOP consultant who briefly worked on the Kerry campaign 
campaign. Who was more of a background actor in 2015-2016? Fast forward to 2020, when Weaver co-founded the Lincoln Project with other anti-Trump GOP establishmentarians like George Conway. Now, we, we have the first public accusation in 2004. Then the real story with accusers coming out in 2021. That's nearly 17 years. How does this happen? What leads to these sort of stories being buried for so long? Harvey Weinstein was actively harassing, propositioning, and sexually assaulting his way through Hollywood for how many decades before enough women came forward to end his raping tendencies? It was an inside joke. Remember the Oscars, where a number of Best Actress nominees were told that they didn't have to pretend to like him anymore? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Now, to be fair, I am yet to hear of any such inside jokes about John Weaver, or that was a known secret amongst the GOP power players. But aside from Karl Rove, who else knew? The pro-Trump and anti-Trump factions are quickly putting their distance between themselves and Weaver. George Conway was on The Morning Joe playing CYA. For anyone who doesn't understand acronym, CYA is cover your ass. Quote, it's terrible and awful and appalling and unfathomable, unfathomable. I, I didn't know John very well. End quote. Wait, your wife worked for the man you so hated and you didn't know who you were co-founding the leading anti-Trump Republican organization with? You were a fixture in Republican politics. And hadn't heard it? You co-wrote op-eds and appeared on TV with him, but you didn't know him? You only spoke to him on the phone a couple times? Did he email you the op-ed pieces and you just filled in the pre-designated paragraphs? George, if you expect us to buy that, I have some oceanfront property in Arizona I'd like to sell you. Circling back to Karl Rove, this is where I'm truly chagrined. 32 years. 32 years. Karl, I am addressing you personally, man-to-man, parent-to-parent. How do you sleep at night? If you knew for 32 years that a man who ran in your political circles was a threat to teenage boys, or girls if that was the case, but never used your clout to put a stop to it? Why should conservative voters listen to you anymore? It's apparent that you don't hold the values that we, as everyday Americans, do. You have allowed child abuse to be perpetrated by a member of your circle because he was a political ally. For 32 years, you chose to do nothing, to say nothing. Your silence on the matter of John Weaver speaks volumes. It speaks to what you feel about protecting children from predators who would take advantage of them. Your actions in the face of being able to stop a dangerous person is telling of the man that you truly are. A political opportunist with zero testicular fortitude to stand for the defenseless if it means keeping an ally. 
in a political battle. I think Dietrich Bonhoeffer was on to something. Silence in the face of evil truly is evil. I said, I had to write that down because it was just burning through my head that entire day when we found out that oh, I've known since 1988. Really? Wow. Again, the, politics is such a horrible thing when you can let this kind of garbage go for so long just because, well, you know, he's useful. You know, we hear about useful idiots all the time. And it's sad when the most useful of idiots are so dangerous to everybody around them. Oh, no, I got that off my chest. Um, one, another one of the big stories that has come out this week that I may have a word or two about. Um, so apparently, the United States military has been determined to be full of extremists. Crazy right-wing nutbags. And they need to be purged. Or at least that's what retired general and secretary of defense Lloyd Austin thinks about his military. That's what he thinks about his soldiers, his airmen, marines, sailors, and guardians in the uh, Space Force. You see, but the thing is, they they announced they're doing the 60-day stand-down so they can get to the bottom of the extremist behavior. But, um, uh, Secretary Lloyd, uh, Secretary Austin, can you define the extremist behavior? Or are you going to be like the Supreme Court judge when asked about what is pornography? I can't define it, but I'll know it when I see it. What is your definition of extremist behavior? Is it posting dank memes? Oh, dear God, half of our infantry would be kicked out of the army because of dank memeage. Did they post a pro-Trump or pro-Republican, pro-GOP, pro-libertarian meme? Or an opinion that runs counter to the narrative of Joe Biden was lawfully elected? Did they like a QAnon post? Is this the extreme behavior? Are we looking for the real extremists? The, like the guy who was kicked out of the military a few years ago because in his West Point graduation uniform, on the inside of his cover, he was writing pro-communist messages, anti-American messages. Opened up the shirt of his, the blouse of his graduation uniform from West Point and it was a bright red Che Guevara shirt. Are, are we kicking out extremists like that? How about the nutbag who, when I went through infantry OSIT in 2010, openly admitted he had joined the military and had joined the infantry specifically to learn tactics to take back to the animal and environmental liberation fronts in Oregon. Are these the extremists we're, we're getting rid of? 
I don't think it is. Uh, we've seen a huge push from media, you know, the traditional media, from social media, and all these that, if you share these views, you are bad. Um, Mike Lindell from My Pillow, he released a video on Vimeo and YouTube and Rumble laying out the evidence that he has about the stealing of the 2020 election. It was removed. It was flagged and removed from Vimeo and YouTube and vice media. So I find interesting that vice which was co-founded by the guy who went on to found the Proud Boys. Their own author is referring to Rumble, an upstart video sharing platform, as a favorite of the far right and white supremacists. Really? Ladies and gentlemen, if you are a conservative, if you're a libertarian, you're going to get pushed further and further and further into a pigeonhole. That's all there is to it. And I don't I don't want violence. I don't. But they're pushing us to a point where violence is going to happen because we can't say what we think is true. We cannot give our opinions. Hell, we can't lay out verified facts. Tim Pool is not exactly a conservative. I think he is a classic liberal who holds more pro-state ideas than I do. He shared the Time article I'm going to talk about here in a little bit on Twitter. Had the link to the Time article. And he said in in his tweet that, so they're admitting that they rigged the election. And he had rigged in quotation marks. But no, 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 they didn't rig the election. They fortified it. I'm sorry, there's only certain things that should be fortified. A defense position should be fortified. A home with with sagging floor joists should be fortified. A dessert wine is best fortified, as opposed to a regular wine. But why do you fortify an election? Now, if you fortified the election to where you made it more secure, it was completely 100% bipartisan. And okay, we, based off the 2016 garbage that happened, where there were so many questions and you know about Russian influence and all this other stuff. So we're going to make sure this doesn't happen. That kind of fortification is good. But the Time article goes into <laughs> a lot of detail about a shadowy cabal doing it. Huh. Why does a shadowy cabal need to do it? But Tim Pool shared that tweet. And it was flagged. So it could not be 
liked. It could not be retweeted. You couldn't even retweet with comment. Because <gasps> this, this contains stuff about the election that's not true and can lead to violence. Well, I'm sorry, the left loves stuff that leads to violence. They will talk about it. They will, they will, they'll say, no, 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 we don't want this all the time. But when violence does happen, they stand back and they go, well, there's, I'm surprised there aren't more, more uprisings in the street. Nancy Pelosi said that. She was quoted as having said that on the floor of the House and the congressman quoting her exactly. <gasps> He's inciting violence. Oh, my God. Former Attorney General, former Attorney General, ah, daggum, his name eludes me at this point, is on tape, on video, speaking to people, talking about when Republicans go low, Michelle Obama said, we go high. No, when they go low, we kick them. But, no, the right has the extremists. Granted, what happened at the Capitol was an absolute tragedy, abhorrent, and should have never happened. I would, I'm saying it because Trump supporters did it. I'd be saying the same damn thing if it was BLM or Antifa who stormed the Capitol and did that garbage. Of course, Antifa would have burned the son of a gun down. Whereas Trump supporters, for the most part, just wandered through and took selfies. One goofy son of a gun walked out with a podium. Ooh, so scary. Yes, and it was sad that, you know, a police officer was beaten and subsequently died of his injuries. That Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed by a plainclothes Capitol Police officer who he won't he won't face charges. That's already that's already been determined by the investigation. And as tragic as it is, as much as she should not have been killed, from my opinion, I believe it was a justified shooting. She had been warned. You can see in the video that. John Sullivan, the noted BLM Antifa, you know, official photographer, so to speak. You know, you can see from his video, the cop's finger goes on and off the trigger several times before he pulls that trigger. He didn't just, oh my God, and throw his gun out there and shoot the first thing he saw moving. It's a horrible thing. That, like I said, it should not have happened, but it did. Like Breonna Taylor's death shouldn't have happened, but it did. Her boyfriend should shut, should not have shot at cops. The cops probably shouldn't have been serving a, not a no-knock warrant, a regular warrant in the middle of the night. Tragedies do happen. They do occur. 
But how many Trump supporters have you seen literally opening fire and shooting at members of Congress who are Democrats? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Anyone? The correct answer is none. Yes! Kim Lewandowski with the correct answer in the live chat. I know I haven't been giving y'all much love tonight. I've been kind of on a roll here. I'm sorry. Uh, if I had a a home version of this game, Kim, I would send it to you psychically. Unfortunately, I cannot. But, you know, the, the Hodgkinson guy who shot up, uh, you know, the Bernie bro, who shot up the... Uh, uh, the congressional baseball team and you know nearly killed Steve Scalise. But them Republicans are bad. They're horrible bad. Oh my God. So it just goes back to the question what is the definition of a right wing extremist that we are kicking out of the military? The United States military, and this is coming from this is coming from a person who's lived the life. I know several of my listeners are either in the military or are veterans, and they will attest to this. There's not a lot of love for the civilian leadership in the United States military. We know that those secretaries and those undersecretaries that are placed in our chain of command are there. For a reason. Uh, no, my no, my Canadian friend, you cannot call in. I don't have this set up to be able to take calls right now. Sorry about that. I would love to hear your opinion. Uh, type it in the message box there, and I will read it because I'm sure you got something you you want to say. You stuck with me this long and haven't hung up on me, so you haven't tuned out. So. I've got your attention. I'm kind of curious to see what you got to say. But, you know, people in the military, we don't trust the civilians. And when Jim Mattis, a retired general, was made the Secretary of Defense by Donald Trump, we all thought, oh, my God, here's a guy who gets us. This guy has led troops in battle. He's not afraid to call his shot, and then he turned into a punk. He turned into someone who, he understands chain of command. The president says, I want you to do X, Y, and Z, and then he refuses to do it. But, um, and so now we have another, we have another retired general. You would think this would be a great idea. But I do believe there's a reason why Congress put checks on, yeah, you know what? You need to be out of the military for more than a couple years before you serve. You're not far enough disconnected from those green suits around you. And this guy's turning to another political lapdog. He sees the political writing on the wall. He knows how to get in good with with the uh, leftist base, because maybe he has higher plans than just being the first 
African-American Secretary of Defense. And so he buys into it wholeheartedly and we're going to, I'm going to do a horrible, uh, do a horrible Mitch McConnell impersonation because I think it applies. We're going to root out all, all the right-wing extremists. Root and branch. Root and branch. So what is that going to do to the military? How many service members are going to be removed because, hey, you shared a meme we didn't like. It turns in, how how is it going to be uh, interpreted if <gasps> you went to a Trump rally? Well, I obeyed the Hatch Act. I went in civilian clothes. I didn't endorse them as a, you know, make a public endorsement and use my service in the military to make the endorsement. So I'm good with the Hatch Act. You have a MAGA tr- bumper sticker on your car. You're done, son. What's it going to turn into? There has been zero transparency on the issue. And that scares the crap out of me. There are lots of good people who are conservatives, who are liberal, who serve in the military because they believe in something higher than themselves. They believe in the Constitution. We might not agree on everything with the Constitution, but we we all respect it. And how many people are going to just get shown the door because of their political beliefs in the military? We're, we're, we're going to be North Korea. We're going to be China. You cannot serve in the military unless you believe the party that is in control. And that scares the ever-loving crap out of me. Because if you have a military that's, you know, not beholden to the Constitution, you know, that thing that we all raised our right hand, said, I, Aaron Tyler Morgan, do solemnly swear to uphold and defend the United States Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And to bear true faith and allegiance to the same. And I solemnly swear to obey the orders of the President of the United States of America and the officers appointed over me according to regulation and the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So help me God. I took an oath to the Constitution, not to the President. I took an oath to the Constitution, not to the GOP, not to the Democrats. That is who, that is what our service is dedicated to. We are willing to lay down our lives for the Constitution and to the ideals on which it was built, not to a party. And if you're kicking out people who don't agree with the party, you're going to end up with a military that won't have an issue when it's ordered to march on its own citizens. See places like the Soviet Union, China, North Korea, Cambodia, Vietnam, all these places where a military that was built around being loyal to the party committed horrible atrocities against its own people. I'm going to take a quick break. If I can get my silly soundboard thing to work. And I will be right back.
This is Tyler from Relentless Daring, and I am launching the brand new RelentlessDaring.com merch shop. Instead of having to go to a third-party vendor, now you can do everything right there at RelentlessDaring.com. If you want to buy merch, go to RelentlessDaring.com slash shop, and there you can get hats, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get coffee cups, you can get stickers. Go there today to show your love for the Relentless Daring Podcast, and as always, stay relentless. Tired of the same cardboard flavored doormat textured protein bar? How about drink mix packets for your water bottles that are full of artificial sweeteners? Tired of a whole regimen of pre workout and protein shakes for your trip to the gym? Go to builtbar.com for their selection of great tasting protein bars, built boost energy drink mixes, and built go energy gels. Built Bar offers 18 delicious flavors of protein bars with only 4 to 5 net carbs for you keto dieters, 6 flavors of Built Boost Energy Drink Mix, and 3 flavors of Built Go Energy Gel. Built Bars are made in America using real ingredients like honey and dark chocolate. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code RELENTLESS to save 10% and let them know you heard about them from Relentless Daring. All right, getting back into it. I know I went a little long in the first segment. So got a little worked up, but you know, that's one of those things that happens when you, you know, give a damn. But so I was mentioned earlier the rigging of the election. Oh, I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Oh my gosh. I should be so much I should be so much more careful of my words. The fortifying of the election. Normally I will read a whole article if you know to get the point across, but this time article is it's a magazine article, not a quick online hit. So I'm going to only do part of it just out of uh, be open and fair with uh people listening. So this is from Molly Ball at Time Magazine. This is the actual name of the article, the actual title. The Secret History of the Shadow Campaign That Saved the 2020 Election. Now, if... This was a right-wing article from, say, Red State, The Federalist. Oh, my God. He changed the words. The secret history of the shadow campaign to steal the 2020 election. Oh, that, oh they're, they're, they're perpetrating a crazy conspiracy theory, and oh, my God, we can't have that. Going into the article. A weird thing happened right after the November 3rd election. Nothing. The nation was braced for chaos. Liberal groups had vowed to take to the streets, planning hundreds of protests across the country. Right-wing militias were girding for battle. In a poll before Election Day, 75% of Americans voiced concern about violence. Instead, an eerie quiet descended. As President Trump refused to concede, the response was not mass action, but crickets. 
When media organizations called the race for Joe Biden on November 7th, jubilation broke out instead as people thronged cities across the U.S. to celebrate the democratic process that resulted in Trump's ouster. A second odd thing happened amid Trump's attempts to reverse the result. Corporate America turned on him. Hundreds of major business leaders many of whom had backed Trump's candidacy and supported his policies, called on him to concede. To the president, something felt to miss. Quote, It was all very, very strange. End quote. Trump said on December 2nd, Within days after the election, we witnessed an orchestrated effort to anoint the winner, even while many key states were still being counted. In a way, Trump was right. There was a conspiracy theory unfo- or a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes, one that both curtailed the protests and coordinated the resistance from CEOs. Both surprises were the result of an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. The pact was formalized in a terse, little-known joint statement from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and the AFL-CIO published on Election Day. Both sides would come to see it as sort of implicit bargain. Inspired by the summer's massive, sometimes destructive racial justice protests in which the forces of labor came together with the forces of capital to keep the peace and oppose Trump's assault on democracy. (laughs) Kim, I saw ghost militias, oligarchy! Absolutely. The handshake between business and labor was just one component of a vast cross-partisan campaign to protect the election. An extraordinary shadow effort dedicated not to winning the vote, but to ensuring it would be free and fair, credible and uncorrupted. But the appearance of being corrupted, (laughs) they, they failed to do that one. For more than a year, a loosely organized coalition of operatives scrambled to shore up America's institutions as they came under simultaneous attack from a remorseless pandemic and an autocratically inclined president. Really? Autocratically inclined. You mean the same guy who... You mean the, uh, the president who signed 42... 42 executive orders in his first 10 days of office? Oh, wait. Not that autocratically inclined president. The one, the other one. The one who said the states best know how to handle the coronavirus outbreak. You, the one who went full federalism when it came to COVID. Because he refused to do national stay-at-home orders. He refused to do national mask mandates. Because the people on the ground know better than me up here with the 50,000-foot view. The the governors who can look at the states and go, okay, what's going on in my state? What can I do at my level? The mayors. If, if, if the mayor of St. Louis had decided, hey, St. Louis is going to do X, Y, and Z, I don't have a problem with that. They're the mayor. They know what's going on in their city. Mike Parsons in Jefferson City knows more about what's going on in the state of Missouri than what's going on in Washington, D.C. But I digress. 
Though much of this activity took place on the left, it was separate from the Biden campaign and crossed ideological lines with crucial contributions by nonpartisan conservative actors. Probably the same ones in the Lincoln Project who are allowing one of their co-founders to go raping his way across the country. Again, I digress. If you missed the first part of the show, make sure you go back, check it out on, on the podcast. Um, I liked what I wrote. I hope y'all did too. The scenario the shadow campaigners were desperate to stop was, was not a Trump victory. Let me watch this down with some bourbon. The scenario the shadow campaigners were desperate to stop was not a Trump victory. <laughs> uh, oh my God. Sorry, somebody's tickling me every time I read that line. It's the damnedest thing. The scenario the shadow campaigners were desperate to stop was not a Trump victory. It was an election so calamitous that no result could be discerned at all, a failure of the central act of, de of democratic self-governance that has been a hallmark of America since its founding. Uh-huh. Their work touched every aspect of the election, just like Joe Biden and children. They got states to change voting systems and laws and help secure hundreds of millions of public and private funding. They fended off voter suppression lawsuits, recruited armies of poll workers. No, no, no. Hunt, Hunter. No, not those kind of poll workers. Put the cocaine away. You're, you're not doing blow off of these poll workers. There's a completely different kind. I'm sorry. Sorry. Hunter Biden's over here and he's just like really excited. Every time you mention poll workers. Woo. Yeah, he 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 looks at them like Bo's widow every time. They successfully pressured social media companies to take a harder line against disinformation and use data-driven strategies to fight viral smears. They executed national public awareness campaigns that helped Americans understand how the vote count would unfold over days or weeks, preventing Trump's conspiracy theories and false claims of victory from getting more traction. It, it 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 just it just goes on and on. Like I said, if if I read the article as the secret history of the shadow campaign that stole the 2020 election, and then I went full Alex Jones, they 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 did all these things to to rig to rig these voting machines. And, and and to to get more people out to get their people in, in, at the polls, and they turned the freaking frogs gay. If I read it like that, it would sound like a crazy white right wing conspiracy. If if you read it like Alex Jones, you change one word in the damn title. Uh, Kim wants to know where are the men. I'll I'll tell you where the men aren't. They're they're they're, they're not with the aliens. On that on that twenty year ride to Mars with the children that the aliens abducted. Oh yes, I reached out to Alex Jones's people. I would love to get him on this show. 
I haven't heard back. I'm going to try again. I, I think it would just be a fun interview. Get Alex Jones on this show. My credibility will be shot to hell, but it'll be, it'd be a fun, it'd be fun time going down, going down that. But yeah, like I said, with, with all the talks of, oh, that's a crazy white wing conspiracy. Oh my God, you can't say that because that's conspiracy theory. If you, like I said, you change one word in the title, change it from saved to stole or saved to rigged and read it in a frantic, coked out voice. It, this article is a conspiracy theory. Except the difference is they're admitting to all of this. Now, having read this and the uh, the Mike Lindell video that I said was posted, you can find it on Rumble or on Mike Lindell's website. Can't find it on YouTube or Vimeo because uh, for obvious reasons. Um, I really want to watch that video now because a few years ago, I would have looked at the Mike, the Mike Lindell video and go, nut job. But uh, to reference a tweet from Mr. Steve Dace, I've lived through Russia collusion, the Ukrainian phone call, UFOs are real, a pandemic, the president's powers being usurped by unelected bureaucrats. So I might as well give it a shot. All right, I'm going to get into one more thing. And I want to wrap it up. So earlier this week, it it came out that a, a certain country music singer, well, he, he got in trouble because he was drunk and he said some dumb crap and he dropped the N-word. No, he didn't say nevertheless. He didn't say never mind. He said another word that I cannot repeat because I will be canceled. But it's a not nice word for black people. And it also begins with an N. Um, and here's the thing. People are, I, I saw, I don't have it pulled up, but from USA Today, praising Nashville. Praising Nashville and the country music establishment for... <gasps> The outstanding job of canceling Morgan Wallet. How many chances does this man get? He was out partying and he kissed girls. He didn't have a mask on in October. He lost his job here. He lost a job being the musical guest on Saturday Night Live because he was out there without a mask and he was putting himself and others in danger. Oh my God. And now the music industry has turned on him. Pandora stopped playing their mu his music. Spotify, no longer streaming his stuff. Sirius XM, Cumulus Broadcasting, Clear Channel. They've all eliminated his music. Uh, local owned people who have their own uh, broadcast rights. They don't they don't rely on these ser services like this. They'll still error stuff. Apple will not stream his music on it on their Apple music platform. But they don't have any issues letting people pay for his music. 
And, and here's where it gets crazy. I said, the, the, the USA Today article was comparing Morgan Wallen to Marjorie Taylor Greene and her craziness. <gasps> How can the, why won't the US, why won't the GOP do to her what Nashville and the music industry did to, did to Morgan Wallen? And then they essentially, they essentially paint country music fans who like his music as being a bunch of rubes. <gasps> They're too dumb to know that they should cancel him. They shouldn't have anything to do with him. Well, okay. You, you, you want to go this route. All right. How about all the people who love Mike Tyson? Don't be wrong. He's turned out to be a funny guy. But wait, what happened to Mike Tyson 20 years ago? Oh, he went to prison for freaking rape. In his memoirs, he wrote that the person who took his best punch, the best punch he ever threw, was caught by his wife. But, hey, Mike Tyson, dude. I mean, he got the face tattoo. He's awesome now. Chris Brown, still a top seller. Forget the fact that he tried to put Rihanna's face through the dashboard of his freaking car. Marilyn Manson, well, Marilyn Manson, he's he's currently in the middle of his uh his Me Too mo- move moment right now. But they're yeah, he'll probably be canceled. Just because I mean he is Marilyn Manson. And his music uh, is an acquired taste at best. But when people who are fans of artists, like R. Kelly, R. Kelly, who was convicted and sent to prison for statutory rape. I could still stream his music on all these services. And last time I checked, giving golden showers to minors is an actual crime. Yet, R. Kelly won't be canceled. But <gasps> Morgan Wallen said, was drunk and he said something stupid. Cancel him. A half-Asian NASCAR driver dropped the N-word during a virtual race last year, and his his career came to a screeching halt. Pun might have been intended. How is it people can engage in the most horrific, disgusting behavior Drugging and raping 12-year-olds in a hot tub, Roman Polanski. And be praised and held up as these, these paragons of virtue and awesomeness, Roman Polanski. You can be a child rapist who gets a standing ovation at the Oscars from a group of people who had no issue with another rapist, Harvey Weinstein, Raping their way through Hollywood. They rape each other on a daily basis, but no one cares because, hey, it was good for my career. I'll take it. 
It's absolutely insane. Now, I'm not going to say I'm a huge fan of Morgan Wallen's music. I'm not going to go onto Apple iTunes and buy any of his music, mostly because Apple has positioned themselves into, well, we're not going to make music streaming his stuff, but you can buy it and we'll make 30% of, uh, of his record sales. We'll make for every $1.29 that you spend buying a single song, we will make, we'll make 40 cents off of it. Really? Where do, do you have any consistency? Don't answer that because I already know the question is no. It's only you only show consistency when it's the people you don't like. The people you don't like, you will always come out and say they are bad and they should never be forgiven. They should be stuck in a hole and buried. And then you should drop a nuclear bomb where we buried them in the hole. But if it's their site, eh, you know. Yeah, you know, R. Kelly was drunk. He didn't know she was only 15 when he peed on her. <laughs> Roman Polanski, I mean, come on. The guy's a genius. So so he so he gave drugs to a 12-year-old and had sex with her. Who hasn't done that? Come on. Who among us? I mean, they turned a blind eye to Bill Cosby and his and his date raping of women for apparently decades. They turned a blind eye to it until he started speaking truth, hard truths to the African-American community. Bill Clinton, Kim says in the chat room. Yeah, they still don't care that, that he has credible rape accusations against him. They don't care that, oh, well, there, there's a power dynamic and that as the president, he shouldn't have been stooping a White House intern. He shouldn't have been doing that, but, you know, it's, it's Bill, you know? We, we like Bill. It's, it's absolutely insane. All right, I was going to wrap the show up for this week. But before I go into my regular outro, I, I do have to take a moment to remember Michael Doc Thompson. Um, two years ago, yesterday, he was killed by his arch nemesis, Amtrak. Um, it was two years ago this morning that the world heard about his untimely death and the listeners of the morning blaze and doc Thompson's daily mojo on mojo five Oh were devastated to this day. I blame doc for me doing this and I, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Because I, I love doing this. This is my third year of doing it. But I had an idea in February of 2019 that, you know, I think I could do this. I think I could do a podcast. I think, I, I think I'd be good at it. But I, I just didn't know. I, I was scared. 
And then, then Doc died. And listening to people talk about all the crazy people, all the, all, all the, no, they say all the crazy people, all, all the amazing entrepreneurs who were talking about how Doc had taken them under his wing and all these young voices and new voices that people hadn't heard who were being given exposure because Doc was willing to take a chance on them. And I had to kick myself in the ass because if Doc was alive and I had gone to, I hit him up on Twitter because he was an amazing, approachable guy on social media. And I had asked him for advice, say, hey, should I do this or not? He would have said, oh, hell yes. He he would he would have kicked my ass for not doing it. And it's just, it, it still hurts today. I spent the other day at work listening to his last broadcast before he, that was the morning that he died. And a, a lot of stupid people on, on the interwebs were trying to, well, maybe he get committed suicide because uh, suicide, suicide. Uh, there's trolls being horrible trolls. And it's like you listen to that show and he was nowhere near. Nowhere near suicidal. Because he he had so much stuff that he was working on the process. So before I go, before I start my regular end of the show rundown, I'm going to leave you with Doc Thompson's five rules to live by. I reached out to uh, Brad Staggs over at Mojo and was hoping to get the audio of it to play with him and uh, his longtime friend, and former co-host Skip Lacombe. Unfortunately, I couldn't find it on YouTube anywhere. I could, and Brad is, Brad's very busy, and he didn't get it for me. So I really wish that I had. But so I will read them. Doc Thompson's rules to live by. Rule number one: Don't be a jerk. Rule number two: Keep the talent happy. Now I know, I know, it's, it's, it seems like a radio bit, but. The talent could be anyone in your life. It could be an employee who's, it could be employees. It could be your boss. It could be your wife. It could be your husband. It could be your friend. Keep them happy. Rule number three, always come clean. We do things in life where, you know, maybe we're kind of a jerk to somebody. We violated rule number one. Go with rule number three, apologize. It's that easy. Always come clean. Rule number four, it's not offensive if it's true. You have to make an active choice to be offended. And if someone tells you something that you take offense to, if it's if it's true, maybe instead of getting butthurt over it, do a little self-reflection. If it's a flaw, work on fixing it. And rule number five, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Now, that's not to say that there are things you can do that you shouldn't. 
But sometimes the ability to do something doesn't mean you are justified in doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Close it out. Same things I say every week. No, the four things I ask you to do every week. Number one, subscribe. Whatever platform you're listening to this on, if you're just discovering it, please subscribe. Number two, rate it. If you have the ability to give it a rating, please, five stars. I will take less, but I ask for five. It's just what I do because five stars, always awesome. It helps more people find the show. Number three, write a nice review. That way when it pops up as, wow, you might like this show. Yeah, they can go through and they can read the reviews and go, oh, yeah, people generally like this. People generally like the show, except for that guy. You don't know what his problem is. And number four, share this podcast. By all means, share on social media. Hey, check this show out. Send it directly to a friend. Send it to a friend you love. Send it to a friend who will absolutely hate this show, but just want to annoy the crap out of them. By all means, I don't care. Use me to annoy people. I don't have a problem with it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. It's so awesome. Be sure you're checking this out on all the social media platforms. Go buy merch, please, please. I have Saki Sucks mugs. Yes, the go, go to RelentlessDaring.com, hit the shop button, check out the Saki Sucks coffee mugs. P-S-A-K-I-P-S-U-C-K-S, Saki Sucks. Check it out. Thank you again for listening. And as always, stay relentless. This is Relentless Dairy on Podbean.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.